0: Hey, this is Bob Bacon of Virtue Animation, the Web3 studio that produces innovative, high-quality IP for the metaverse. I'm on the edge of NFT, the podcast that brings you the top characters in NFT today. Keep listening.
1: Hey there, NFT Curious listeners. Stay tuned for today's episode and find out why you should get in on Super Friends, the cool new project bringing cinematic presentation and the excitement of a good high story to the world of NFTs.
2: And what kind of beautiful vintage vehicle our guest today would have if he was a true holdler.
3: And why the Ape NFT marketplace is changing the landscape for Tron NFT holders and how a new stablecoin is about to destabilize the stablecoin game. All this and more on today's episode. Enjoy.
1: Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time.
3: We explore the nuts and bolts in the business side and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's episode features Bob Bacon, founder of Virtue Animation, the Web3 studio that produces innovative, high-quality IP for the metaverse. With decades of experience working with leading animation companies, Virtue combines legendary creative storytelling with the international production to build a community around new worlds, engaging stories, and timeless characters. Bob is an animation industry leader and studio exec. His 30-year career spans 20 award-winning films and over $6 in the global box office. Bob, welcome to Edge of NFT. It's great to have you here.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it.
2: Yeah, it's so exciting, Bob, to have like an animation icon, right? Like it would take us a long time to read off your portfolio, but someone's got to check you out on IMDB. I mean, what? The Lion King, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Tarzan, Spongebob. Like, what haven't you been a part of that's been like an epic part of childhoods for the last 20, 30 years? It's incredible.
0: Thanks so much. Yeah, you know, super lucky to have uh, spent all this time in animation and been associated with so many amazing projects and people. I had a hand in many of those movies, but, you know, fortunate to work amongst the best.
3: Oh, we heard you hand drew every screen in Mulan. Ah.
2: (laughs) yeah
0: yeah no that's right i actually can't draw at all (laughs) yeah i will take no credit for that
2: okay well how does a traditional og in the animation world get into this sort of concept of web 3 and virtue animation how does this ambitious project come to be
0: yeah it's a great question so you know as you said i spent all my time in animation, you know, telling these great stories, making these great movies. And when I saw what was going on in the NFT world and Web3, you know, especially the stuff that's initially come out, was really mind-blowing to me. And it got me so jazzed about the future of this, you know, platform. And from what I saw was that there was a lot of cool imagery being put out there. But where I came from was that all that imagery was rooted in storytelling and design and world building. So I, and my partners, we were fortunate enough to grow up around these legendary storytellers working through these amazing processes that created all these films. And we want to bring that into Web3, into the projects that we're creating. So we plan to take like a full entertainment approach to NFTs and it's super exciting.
3: Yeah. So hearkening back to the intro there, you know, you guys combine creative storytelling, International production to build this community around new worlds, engaging stories, timeless characters. So, uh, give the secret sauce. How do you do that? 60 seconds.
0: <laughs> yeah, boil it all down. Yeah, we start with, you know, sort of creating a world and characters and a story. And then we want to build that out into Web3, which means that we will provide storytelling sort of that comes before a drop and then the drop will sort of intercede, if you will, and story will follow that along with a lot of light like, challenges and utility and gaming and so forth. So there's a structure to how we see story laying out, which would be different than what we see in the filmmaking world. But in terms of the qualities of creating theme, story, design, and world, that's all consistent.
3: Yeah, it's so uniquely human, the storytelling instinct. Yeah, I actually studied Biology and like different types of animals and some of the analogs of human creativity. I mean, the closest I think we get is like birds that kind of make, you know, uh, sort of art installations and sing cool songs and stuff. But yeah, stories are just so important to us as humans. It's fascinating.
0: I think, yeah, stories have always been a thing that ties us together and tells us, you know, sort of our past and our future. So I think, you know, rooting everything in story is sort of what I'm used to. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just excited to see this kind of roll out, you know, and take these uh, projects to the next level.
2: Do you ever ask yourself or think about what it would have been like to create some of the productions that you created in the past with some of the technology that's converging today?
0: Wow, that's a great question. You know, the technology has always changed, right? And this is a little bit of our focus is the focus on the content piece because the platform's changing, but it does open up new possibilities. I mean, I think one of the things that's really interesting for us in trying to disrupt You know, the status quo is I come from a world where movies cost a $100 million to make and they take four years. And that's just part of the cost. Once you've been marketing and distribution dollars, you might be spending a quarter of a billion dollars before, you know, your project comes out, before you even know what you have, before you even know if the community is engaged with it or not. So I think this platform is a way to kind of flip that model. And instead of, you know, taking all that time and the money, we can start to engage with our community right away around concepts and design and our content. And that is a completely different model. So that would excite me because, you know, there's huge barriers to entry in the filmmaking business. And this is part of our ethos really is to try to disrupt that because truly, you know, me having spent some time sitting on the other side of the table, we take all the power. We control the project once get made, what talents, you know, apply to that so how they're compensated, how they're rolled out. Now with Web3 coming along and blockchain and a lot of things that it offers, that's extremely disruptive to those traditional media companies.
2: So on that note, Bob, I mean, do you feel like the traditional Hollywood model is unsustainable at this point? And how does this shift that paradigm?
0: It's a very interesting question. I think it's not unsustainable. I think it really depends on a couple of things. You know, the big media companies have a lot of, uh, resources, as you know. So their ability to move into space quickly, you know, is rather impressive. However, they don't move quickly in terms of their decision making and, you know, sort of their purity of thought. There's a lot of hands in the pie, if you will, and things get kind of convoluted and move slowly to that end. So, I think they're going to move into the space. It's something that you know we'll see how the space actually responds it. my My contention is this is really ultimately up to talent because I think talent has to go to traditional media companies because they control all those barriers. If we break down the barriers, then there's not really a compelling reason for the talent to have to go there anymore, and more and more talent is are their own brands. you know they want to reach their community directly, and this enables them to do that so. I think if talent finds that they can reach their community, they can create the content that they want, and they can be rewarded properly, it might actually really invalidate that traditional model.
3: That's really interesting. Um, again, I'm saying this, I think, for the second time today. We recorded another podcast earlier. All my conversations blended to each other, so I don't know whether I said this on the podcast or not. But somebody brought up just kind of like, it's the talent that brings the eyeballs to the production. Right. And it's just so interesting because really when there's money involved and there's ticket sales and and production value and all that stuff, it really comes down to like who's watching and how many are there. And it is fascinating, as you mentioned, sometimes it's the people that are participating in that project that are bringing those folks to the table.
0: They're largely the ones that bring it to the table in many cases. And money is a huge factor. So again, if you have a lot of money invested in something because um, you have to, let's say, then your reach has to be so much greater to be able to sort of, you know, make yourself profitable. And if your reach is greater, then maybe your content is a little more diluted, if you will, because it's got to appeal to so many people. So I think that, you know, a more specific community around more branded talent, reaching those people directly might allow different economic models that I'm suggesting. And that might be a way to preserve content and keep it more pure and in the hands of the content creators.
3: Cool. Well, let's talk about kind of a content or project that that you've been involved with here, Super Friends, Animated NFT. How's that different from the other projects out there?
0: Well, I think, you know, the projects are evolving, but I think our project is different in the sense, like I mentioned, that we're taking a full story approach to it number one. And the story will be sort of a gamified story along the way. Also, our NFTs, because we're an animation company, they'll have animated qualities to them. So I'm pretty excited about that. You'll see things moving, having effect, you know, little actions like that that are not just a picture, a static picture. We plan to have multimedia components in our NFTs, including original music in our project too. So we want to engage with the talent that's part of Web3. We see them central to our projects. Uh, we want to invite them into our projects and feature them in many cases. So with music, we plan to partner with some of the greatest uh, Web3 musicians right now in the space and bring them into our project.
3: Mm, that's exciting.
0: Yeah. And then like I said, our story, I sort of explained before, but our story will have a point where, you know, it's kind of story laying out that tells you what's happening. And then we plan to really engage the community through gamification and utility as the story starts to play out. So our Super Friends story is a heist. And it's a uh, basically a little heist story that we got going and we lay out the sort of the heist effect in the first part of our episodes before our drop. And then the rest of the drop is really trying to solve the puzzle and figure out, you know, who the thief was. So it'll be a lot of fun with that.
3: Yeah. I'm noticing I'm a musician myself. And as you mentioned, bringing in the musical element, you know, I tried my hand at film scoring for a little bit and, you know, it is fascinating, you know, watch a movie without the music on and you'll just realize how much the music does, you know, to set the tone, it can change. A scene from looking like happy and exciting and light to ominous and, you know, kind of creepy. So I think I can tell that that's like the direction you guys are coming from having that cinematic experience and the music integration. Wanted to bring that to the table.
0: You're so right. We screen uh, when we do work in process uh, screenings. We're doing it oftentimes without the score, like with the temp score. And it's really like you wouldn't believe how hollow a movie sounds without the score. Also, likewise, you wouldn't believe how much professional voice actors bring to a movie versus, you know, people like us sitting around trying to voice the characters. They really do have talent and they really are special.
3: Well, people like us, I think we can say Jeff, who's actually just arrived. He's got quite a killer voice, so he might be able to handle (laughs) some voice acting.
1: (laughs) No doubt. Uh, Hi there, Bob. I've never pursued it, but uh, and I, and you set the bar like too high, guys. And I've got a little <laughs> bit of a cold in the background, too, which doesn't help me. So, look, <laughs> like, you mentioned the heist story. Is there anything you can tell us about like, how that'll work with viewers and like solving that, I guess, the mysteries of the heist and what that interaction will be like?
0: Yeah. So basically, we'll be like I said, we'll be telling a story not to give too much away, but I think there'll probably be some little clues and Easter eggs being dropped along the way. Also within the NFTs themselves, I think you'll find some special uh, qualities to them that will help once we get into the, the solving part of the story. What we should do is every episode that we'll be laying out there will be a little puzzle or clue. Which will send our viewers into action. They're going to have to, you know, sort of be active, I guess, and tracing down some of this information and making their way sort of, as we call through the open sea, you know, to find out what may lay ahead. And as they solve these clues, I think what you'll see is there's going to be some greater reward for them. It'll be both, you know, like digital rewards as well as IRL. Um, we do plan to have real engagement with our audience, too. So part of what they can win is engaging with us in our process. We like to invite them into the process of building our story and our characters and some of the key elements. So rather, this is another difference in Hollywood. Rather than kind of keeping them out and building the wall, we want to knock the wall down and bring them in. We think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, so these NFTs, these drops will have a lot of special qualities to them. And ultimately, there's going to be a grand prize winner who figures it all out. And we should have a really big prize at the end for that person. And sounds like a blast. I think it's fun. I think, you know, I get excited because it's taken all the great uh, qualities of like story and design and gaming and, you know, the internet and putting them all together in a way that's super accessible, you know, for the community, for our fans and for ourselves really allows us to get to our creation point a lot faster.
2: Yeah. So, You know, one of the interesting things about Web3 is the ability to define contributions in a way that goes beyond the credits, right? How are you thinking about the contributional component tree that leads up to the productions that you do and the ownership of the pieces and the entirety of the project, both internally and related to the fan? You know, because there's so many different ways to look at IP in a Web3 world. So I'm just kind of curious what your perspective is there.
0: Good question. My perspective has changed, to be honest with you, because I came from the old world where, you know, rights are a real sacred thing. And I've kind of let go of that, you know, stepping into the new world. So from an external standpoint, I would like our content to be fully accessible for the people, you know, who hold it. I like that idea. I like the idea of people building off of it. I like the idea of them spreading it out there in the world and making it more successful. I think that that's a good thing. Internally, uh, we have an equity-based model. And this is one of the things also that we really want to push for our contributors, you know, is to have them truly contribute in the success of our projects. So if we do well, they will do well. And this is unlike, again, the traditional media companies where you get paid a fee. Uh, you'll get paid your salary. You'll have a job. You'll do okay. But you know you're not going to make it big if the project makes it big. And I think that that's messed up, kind of really to tell you the truth. Again, there's some amazing people that we've all heard of, and they don't see any of this kind of contingent compensation in success. The studios end up usually taking almost all of it, legitimately, but but they do game it so that they take most of it. And we'd like to construct it so there's a spreading of the wealth concept and people can share in the success.
2: That's really cool. And it's hard to sort of say, like, whether well, it's one character or one moment in the movie that makes all the difference, right? And so why not reward everyone that's involved in the project and just look at it as a team effort?
0: It really is because like any project, there's the people that are in front of the camera and kind of the stars that get the shine, some names that show up in the credits but there's so many hands, as you know, that are behind the scenes that really make this thing work. And there's oftentimes, like you said, one key idea that really made a project sing. And maybe they weren't the director or the producer or the composer, but they were really a key artist and had you know, a big say in it. So everybody who participates, we're giving them the option, really, to say, you know, do you want to be part of us and share in our success?
3: Just a quick kickback to that music topic there. Is there any like particular music personalities that you can say you're incorporating in these projects? I
0: mean, I think, you know, we sort of like Web3, EDM kind of vibe. I can't say yet, just yet, because we're signing right now our deals. Mm. But I think soon enough, we'll be
3: out there with names. Can't wait. So what happens after the drop? And how can our listeners participate in it?
0: Yeah, so like I said, after the drop, our listeners will have plenty of participation in terms of the gaming aspect of it. They can find us right now on Twitter at Virtue Animation. And we have our website as well, virtueanimation.io. And our Superfans website and Discord will be coming out soon, in the next couple weeks. I hope for our drop, this should be coming out like probably mid-June, I'm expecting.
1: Very cool. Can't wait. Uh, amazing. Super exciting times. One last question here for this segment. And, and that's really what we like to ask folks is their inspirations. And we, we talked about some of it, I think, already. But at this moment, like, where are you getting your greatest inspiration from in the world of NFTs and Web3?
0: Oh, that's a great question. I mean, you know, this would kind of sound funny, but maybe like a lot of people, because of my sports background, I'm not an athlete, but you know, I played my whole life and love it. I got my inspiration from NBA Topshop. It was my first NFT. I still have a pretty big collection. I'm in it every day and following the NBA action. So it inspires me to a degree because of that connection to my love of sports and the fact that I started as a collectible with it and it's grown into sort of utility aspects, which I really like. It keeps me engaged. I really like also, you know, one of my favorite projects was the Invisible Friends project. I just thought it had a really cool vibe. It starts to speak to what we're talking about in terms of like, you know, seeing these walk cycles, a little bit of animation, something more than just a static picture. And I like what they did with it in general. So those are two things that stand out for me that I like.
1: Yeah, big inspirations. Totally understandable. Well, look, we appreciate you sharing all this info with us and our listeners. Again, very exciting times. Can't wait to see how this journey turns out for you. It's really
3: a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Hey there, NFT Space Cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com. It's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakra tingle to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplaces, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGens who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht.
1: We want to shift gears a little bit though now and get your personal take on some questions we like to call edge quick hitters. It's a fun, quick way to get to know you a little better. Just looking for short, single word or few word responses, but feel free to expand if you get the urge. You ready to dive in on these? Sure. Okay, cool. Question number one, what is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your
0: life? I would say, besides the tops trading cards from the Ice Cream Man, it was a Schwinn bicycle when I was seven years old.
1: Oh, nice. Solid purchase. Perfect. Question number two, what is the first thing you remember ever selling in your life?
0: My 1968 Camaro. The only car I ever made money on. <laughs> I bet. That's bad. I wish I didn't sell it because it'd be worth 10 times probably yeah. now, right? <laughs>
1: That's for sure. Question number three. What is the most recent thing you purchased? Coffee. <laughs> the all important. Coffee. Question number
0: four. What
1: is the most recent thing you sold?
0: Well, I sold an NFT last night, one of my top shots. So I guess <laughs> Okay. Yeah.
1: Top shots it
3: is. He's bringing liquidity to the NBA top shots pool there. <laughs> that's, it.
0: that's it. I've been selling a lot lately.
1: Have you? Okay. <laughs> Question five. What is your most prized possession?
0: Well, I'm not going to say my kids because I don't think I possess them. But I would say I have a very special text that was sent to me by Kobe Bryant on New Year's Eve, and I'm never going to lose that. So that's special to me.
1: Absolutely. Question number six. If you could buy anything in the world, digital, physical, service, it's currently for sale, what would it be? What do you have your eye on?
0: That trip to space kind of sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe a ride on SpaceX or something. It's a hot ticket, man. It's a hot ticket. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's for sure. All right. Question number seven. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be?
0: I would say I'm most proud of my curiosity. I would say be curious.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's a good thing
1: absolutely flip side question 8 if you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next
0: generation <laughs> oh, just one <laughs> well i suppose it's a big one for everybody but just general fear you know just general fear of the unknown and i think you know whenever we can eliminate those things and take our worst fears away from us and allow us to move forward you know with confidence and gratitude i think i think that's a good thing so that's something i work on every day
1: Agreed. And uh, at the center of innovation and entrepreneurship. So amazing. Question nine, a little bit easier. What did you do just before joining us on the podcast?
0: I was working on Super Friends. <laughs>
1: hey, big surprise, right? Big surprise. Yeah. And question 10, last one. What are you going to do next after the podcast?
0: It's really nice outside. So I'm, I'm going to take my dog for a walk right after this.
1: There it is. Perfect. Well, that's Edge Quick Hitters. Thanks so much for sharing with us. We do appreciate it. All right.
3: So it's time for our featured hot topic here. We're going to bring on Dave Urenak. He's going to talk to us about the Ape NFT marketplace. So we're really excited about that. Dave, you want to come on and say hi to our friends,
4: our super friends here? Hi, everyone. (laughs) Hi, Edge Crew. Nice to meet you. Hey,
3: good to have you here. And for the listener who's unaware, Dave was actually kicking us some pretty cool follow-up questions in the chat while we, were <laughs> while we were recording with Bob. So thanks for those. Oh, sure. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Tron Network here, and you're the director of blockchain strategy at Tron DAO. And so tell us about what you're up to, and let's have a nice chat about it.
4: Yeah. Well, we've had a very busy spring. Not only did we launch the new marketplace, Ape NFT marketplace, but we are launching a new stablecoin on May 5th. So that will get underway then. And I think it's really going to to make a significant impact.
2: Why do we need a new stablecoin, Dave? There has to be a good reason.
4: There is. It's actually really interesting. I don't want to get off on another non-NFT topic, but this is interesting because it is much more decentralized. So while it is pegged to the dollar, initially it will be backed by the Tron Reserve Fund at $10 billion. But over time, there's going to be multiple organizations coming in to also support it. So it's going to be very decentralized versus others that you see that are backed by one group or don't have a reserve. So this is very different. Also, the way it ensures the peg is very dynamic in terms of real-time adjustments to undervalued or overvalued relative to the dollar. And I think that helps to separate it as well. So those are a couple of things that I think are pretty unique about it. And that's what really is going to, in my opinion, drive much broader adoption.
2: That's really great. And and just go to go back, because I don't want to gloss over it, this new Ape NFT marketplace. Yeah. That's a big deal. Why did you guys create a new marketplace and what's distinctive about it? Well,
4: you know, we thought the world really needed another NFT marketplace and we just wanted to make our contribution. But no, we started the uh, Ape NFT gallery, I guess, maybe last year. And so this was kind of a natural evolution of that. And what's unique about this is that developing on this platform and using the BitTorrent cross-chain gives developers access to both Ethereum and Tron and BNB Smart Chain right off the bat, right? So instead of being unlimited to only Ethereum or BNB Smart Chain or wherever you might be, you know, you have that broad market right away. So you increase the range of potential buyers, you increase the range of potential sellers for your products. Additionally, so because we've started it just recently, for the first few months, there's no commissions that we'll be taking on any sales and uh, we don't charge any listing fees. So Bob, you can list all your NFTs in there and retain all the money that you deserve. So uh, that's, I think- most of it
1: i imagine trading fees yes when uh, just you know standard when uh, folks are, are trading thereafter
4: no how are you generating revenue right now you know for the first few months i don't believe there are any commissions eventually it'll come in on the buying and selling fees but for right now
3: no right it's the trial period to attract people yeah i mean that's why and if to these trading platforms are so necessary, right? It's because like the the idea of trying to hook up with a friend who has an NFT that you want to exchange. I mean, it's an overwhelming thing to try to consider and make that transaction work. And and the FT marketplaces are facilitating that. You know, we've seen a lot of different marketplaces come up. You know, specifically for Solana, right? The Magic Eden. Yeah, interesting to see a marketplace that's focused on a specific chain. And I think. There's a lot of space for NFT marketplaces. And we've heard about, I've even heard the conjecture that NFT marketplaces could be as plentiful as websites are today, right? Like It could be the analog of, well, there's a specific marketplace for a specific thing. I mean, think about Bob trading at NBA Top Shots. He does that through the NBA trading.
4: And I think you're starting to see some of that now. You're seeing there's kind of general NFT platforms or marketplaces and that there are the specialized, more niche-focused platforms as well. And that's the thing about Ape NFT marketplace is it's not just for art or digital art or things like that. You can put sports NFTs, music, all kinds of different things on there, which I think is interesting too. So we're, we're, we're talking to a variety of groups really around the world to potentially become their NFT provider. It's possible in the next 12 months, you'll see some of those type of announcements as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, anything to make it easy to be able to trade on, you know, ETH, Binance Smart Chain, Tron, like under one roof, I think is a is a step forward. You know, OpenSea for the longest time didn't have multi-chain, you know, functionality. Because they added Solana recently, but you know, there's something to really like about that. And when you think about adoption, that adoption curve and trying to influence it, I feel like that's got to be part of any marketplace's roadmap.
4: Yeah, I mean, we view the world as you know, multiple chain or multi-chain, and I think it's key that all these chains be able to interact with each other. Even when you look at guidance coming from, or even not even guidance, but when the OCC and the regulators talk about what their concerns are about the stablecoin market, um, interoperability of blockchains and stablecoins is key among them. And I think even outside of the regulatory environment, when you look at the different metaverses that are popping up and everything, it's going to be, I think it would be really, cool to be able to be in one metaverse, but then also, you know, somehow move over to another and, you know, be able to essentially participate in different ones without concern of what the chain is, right? So I think that is really where we're trying to take it. But I think that's where it needs to go. Certainly for crypto adoption, I think that's the case.
2: Bob, how are you thinking about you know, interoperability and sort of that whole world, because obviously, you know, you want your community to have the most access it can to participate in whatever way makes sense, right? And like different chains are more popular in different communities. Certainly, Tron has its popularity across the globe, but certainly in Asia, like everyone knows Tron.
4: Yes, yeah. Tron's huge in Asia. And right now, you know, part of the reason I came on board was to broaden our the awareness of trying to make our push into North America and South America as well.
0: It depends. You know, you might end up with like some consolidation downstream. Of, you know, a few big distributors, like we've seen in other media. But the idea of making it easy for the average consumer and, uh you know, having wider adoption, I think is really key. I think it's still very, very confusing for most people. Honestly, I spend a lot of time for people who are outside of Web3 and NFT and crypto trying to explain how this works. And, you know, people still don't get it. When we can start to, you know, adopt the masses, when it, it becomes really easy and understandable for them, this sky's the limit probably.
1: Well, that's great stuff, Dave. Really appreciate you coming on and sharing with us. Definitely a hot topic and news to share here with the world. Before we let you go, man, where should folks go to keep track of what's happening in the world of the NFT marketplace, as well as uh, various projects you're working on?
4: Yeah, good question. I think Twitter is fairly active with our updates. You can go to ApeNFT.io. And then other than that, we will be reaching out and making it known, I guess. But no, we have announcements coming up that will be very widely publicized. Certainly the stable coin USDD will be very well publicized. Amazing. Well, Thanks again, Dave. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll
1: be keeping close touch. Sure. Yeah. Great to meet you guys. All right. Take care. Bye. You know, we were talking about our fan and listener shout out and... Yeah, we're always looking to elevate, you know, awareness about people that are, that are active in our community and contributors. And man, I think we got one that I don't think you can find a a bigger, more important contributor to the edge of NFT ecosystem than what we got today.
3: Talk about fans. I mean, I think we're fans of this particular community member. This is Gail. Probably folks don't know who Gail is, but she's touched your lives in many ways. She is basically our way more than social media manager extraordinaire. She has been working with us basically since we hit the ground running, you know, about a year ago. And uh, she does... Everything from Super Nuts, including, you know, the Twitter, the Facebook, the YouTube. She took on the newsletter where we started the newsletter. She updates like our pitch decks to investors, you know. She even does some like accounting and admin stuff. I mean, Gail has been integral to the growth of Edge NFT at every turn. And it just so happens that she's going to be taking a breather from everything we've been putting her through. She's going to spend some time traveling. She's originally from the Philippines and has some family in London. So she's going to go on a little tour of the world, make a stop back in the Philippines and introduce her boyfriend to her family. I don't know if that's too personal to share, but that sounds kind of fun.
1: (laughs) You blew the secret.
3: Yeah, I blew the secret. But yeah, just so much appreciation to Gail. And if you give us a shout out on the socials, feel free to mention Gail. I'm sure she'll see it. And be happy for that
1: appreciation and love. Amazing. Yeah. Gail, thank you so much. Safe travels for sure. We'll see you on your return.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Gail. This journey would not have been the same without you. And you've added so much richness to our community. And we really appreciate all of the effort you've put in, all the long days and long nights and weekend calls to get us where we are today. So thank you.
1: Much love to Gail. Okay, Bob, you know, back to you. Amazing show. We appreciate everything that you've shared. And we really want to make sure that we and and our listeners can continue to follow your journey and everything that you're producing and creating for the world. So where should they go to keep tabs on what you have?
0: Yeah, great. Thanks for having me again. They can follow us on Twitter at RichieAnimation. We also have our website, VirtueAnimation.io, And in the next couple of weeks, we'll be launching our Discord and website for Super Friends. So we'll be able to jump on that momentarily. Uh, word on the street is also, I think we do. Yeah, I might watch you there for a second. We do like to give some giveaways. We have two giveaways to offer your listeners, as well as some whitelist spots that we'd like to offer your guests as well. We're super friends.
2: So we'll share the details over Twitter. So stay tuned for that exciting news and. It's hard not to be excited, Bob, about what you're doing when you look at all the things you've done in the past. I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels that way. And it's going to be great to see what your uh, new studio is able to produce for the world.
0: Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, we have a great team and we're excited you know, to put our stuff out there and have our fans react and, and see what we do. So thanks, guys. You know, Thanks for having us and hosting me. I really appreciate it. You have a great show. It was really a lot of fun. Amazing times. Great times
1: with you, Bob. Okay. Well, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to Spotify or iTunes right now, rate us and say something awesome. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Lastly, be sure to tune in next time for more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. We understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.